0: This is the Power Profile, stories of world-class leadership hosted by award-winning broadcast journalist and media entrepreneur, Christina Mendonza. Get ready to connect with those defining success. This is the Power Profile, where we look at power in all forms of our personal and professional lives and talk to people who've leveraged power in their own lives. Today, my guest is J.D. Frost. He is the founder and CEO of Of Croft and Frost, which is an accounting and wealth management firm with a huge education component. He has a special program he runs, he has books that he's written. It really transcends the regular wealth management firm. And Frost bases his advice on what he calls his four foundations of wealth creation. So we'll talk more about that upcoming. A lot of my focus is on innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And this podcast is really my way to bring you guests that can add value to your. Life, whether that's professional or personal. Now, much has been written about the monumental change on the horizon in financial services known as the Great Wealth Transfer. Over the next two decades, parents and grandparents are expected to pass down $84 trillion to charities and younger generations, particularly millennials and Gen Xers. And this is going to really just shake up financial services. It's going to shake up the whole industry as players are going to jockey for position with beneficiaries. So if you are a beneficiary of the great wealth transfer, you have someone or an older relative that's a boomer that maybe will be passing funds down to you, You have to make sure you have the right financial team, a person, a firm, a bank, a credit union, someone that you can trust to be sure you are prepared to make the most of any inheritance that comes your way. And we know technology is going to play a huge factor in this because technology is already integral in helping families manage estates effectively. Large banks, they really have unrivaled budgets. Uh, They're investing really heavily right now in digital transformation. They know that younger generations are very comfortable with this. And FinTech brands are rapidly gaining market share as well, particularly with younger generations that are using the Venmo and the Cash App and all of those different services. So we're gonna talk to Frost about how all of this impacts the fundamentals, how he sees this great wealth transfer and how we can position ourselves in this uncertain economic time. So I do feel the need to offer some sort of a disclaimer here. (laughs) This is uh, the opinions of J.D. Frost. We're going to be talking about it, but none of it is intended to be financial advice. Uh, It's not meant to be investment advice. So always seek your own research. I'll just add that disclaimer, even though Uh, J.D. Frost is super sharp, and I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation about how to move forward through uh, various generations, whether you're in your 20s or in your 50s and getting ready to retire. You know, I was reading through all of your materials, and one of the things that just stuck out, really caught my eye, is how you try to help people with the four foundations of wealth creation. Could you go through those for us?
1: Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm a big believer in systems, and what we do at our company, Croft & Frost, we help people build courage and create wealth, and I decided from looking at lots of different business owners and their investments and how successful they have been that it really came down to these four foundations, the first one being increasing your recurring monthly income, the second one saving money on taxes. The third, protecting your income through tax-free wealth. And the fourth is investing in yourself and others. And so when people are creating wealth, when they're starting to truly build wealth, they're following those four foundations in order so that they're able to reach their personal, professional, financial goals.
0: So let's kind of break it down by generation. So someone in their 20s, they're just starting uh, in the workforce, maybe a recent college graduate. Um, I have two daughters myself in their 20s, and I urge them to save uh, wherever they can for ks or IRAs. I mean, what, are, what is the most important thing in following these four foundations that someone needs to pay attention to in their 20s?
1: Oh, in their 20s, they need to be working on themselves, so utilizing Foundation 1 and 4. So, number one, increasing their recurring monthly income. And every single time I've gotten around new people myself, when I've met new people, grown my network, I've increased my income. And so one way that people in their 20s can start to do that is by increasing their skills, learning – from online courses learning from mentors investing in a coach a business coach a life coach investing in themselves is the best way that they can invest um, I hear a lot of people talking about passive income wanting to get into real estate and things of that nature until you get your recurring monthly income increase significantly you really need to continue to invest in yourself
0: that's good. I've not heard people say that before. Usually, uh, you know, people who are in wealth management uh, it urge you to save as much as you can as soon as you can. But I like that, to invest well, in yourself because you're yeah, right. Yeah,
1: you cannot save yourself to wealth. You cannot save yourself to wealth. You've got to continue to increase your income. Um, obviously, that is against the norm. It's not what people talk about a lot. And you don't hear that in the mainstream, And uh, what I have found is doing the things that are outside the mainstream work really, really well. And we just don't have enough people talking about that.
0: All right. Let's uh, go to the other end of the spectrum here. These are folks who are just getting ready to retire, maybe folks in their 50s. Maybe they're making more now than they ever did or ever will. What do they need to be focusing on?
1: Yeah. So if it's somebody that's in their 50s, they really need to start to identify what they want. Um, it's the hardest question for anybody, even myself, to answer on a regular basis is exactly what you want. Because in your 50s, you're starting to get to the end of your career. You are thinking about retirement, maybe. Some, t- some people are kind of confused. Should I retire? Should I not retire? Well, it's really what do you want when you're in your 50s and you decide exactly what you want. Then we can lay out a plan in those last 15 to 20 years of your career In order to get you what you want. So it's not not necessarily a financial plan in the traditional sense as well, just like my previous answer. It's really identifying what you want and then going and getting that.
0: That is so true, because so many people build so much of their lives around what they do. I mean, it becomes such an integral part of their identity that the thought of being without it, I mean, after you you play golf for a few months or take a couple of trips, I mean, you you really can suffer an identity blow if you don't have a plan.
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And I, And I think that what we help a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, individuals with is really figuring out a, a lot of accounting and wealth creation is, is, is a lot of psychology because we think we want a retirement and we want to retire and that's it. It's just the mainstream what most people do, go out, get a college education, get your degree, go get a job, work the job, maybe find another job, start your 401k plan and then retire and then get on social security. Well, what we talk about with our clients a lot is we need to really understand who you are, what you think and what you want. And when you start to get into the psychology of that, then you're able to unlock what your financial freedom looks like for you because financial freedom and wealth to, to, to you is completely different than it is to me. And so how in the world can we think, oh, yeah, well, if I just go to a financial planner, they're going to get me what what I want when I really don't even know what it is.
0: Yeah, that's got to be an interesting thing working with clients on that because you're working with their money, yet you're also working with a lot of their, uh, you know, psychological needs, wants, desires or or lack of because they don't know what they want. Right.
1: Well, you're right. And money creates a lot of fear and anxiety and worry and and emotions in people, money creates all those things. So it really comes down to if, if we're a very, uh, a very unsure person, a lot of fear around money. Well, it's really, really hard to make decisions around that. So then we just get stuck in the same old thing of not doing anything.
0: Do you have a, a, you said you like systems. Do you have a system or a plan or something that you do to work with people who really haven't decided what they want their life to look like um, after yes. retirement?
1: Yes. We have a specific event um, called Onward 72. You can go to wwwonward 72com and we spend 72 hours with our clients working on themselves and investing time in themselves. And we take them through what we call identity mapping. We take them through goal mapping and wealth mapping. And so I can't get anywhere unless I have a map, unless I've got GPS, unless I ask Siri how to get to this location, right? (laughs) I got to know what my location is so that then I can get the directions on how to get there. And what I believe a lot of people miss in their wealth creation and finances and money, is that they don't take the time to figure out where they want to go. And they don't know how to figure out where they want to go. And that's how we help people.
0: Mm, Wow. Are you seeing the um, effect yet of what is being called the great wealth transfer between all the boomers passing down these trillions of dollars to millennials and Gen Xers?
1: Yes, uh, it is happening. Uh, We're right at the right at the beginning of it, um, I'd say between the beginning and the middle of it, um, I'm talking to those boomers on a regular basis. They have their business, they've been very successful. Some of them have an estate tax issue, some of them don't have an estate tax issue. They're not sure if they should pass that on to their heirs or their nieces or their nephews or should they create a foundation. Um, There is going to be a huge amount of wealth transfer, and it's already happening. And I believe that the government might end up being a very big beneficiary of that through estate taxes because people will not take the time to do proper estate planning, and they'll miss out on those opportunities that they could have had while they were still alive and with their businesses to be able to either reduce that tax liability or to pass on some of that wealth to their heirs um, and be able to, you know, lay out what that plan looks like uh, while they're still alive. And then two, the lots of these business owners, they just don't have any succession in their business. So they're not thinking 15, 20 years down the road. Right now all they're thinking about is how am I going to retire? So what we help business owners with is we're able to connect them in our network with people who might want to buy their business, with people who might want to, um, you know, help them create a foundation with estate planners and things of that nature. So it is definitely happening. And there's a lot of successful business uh, owners out there that have great businesses and they don't have anybody to pass them down to. Wow.
0: Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the great migration that we're also seeing right now. So I'm located in the state of California, which has lost about yep. 500,000 people who have left the state. Oh, yeah. As well as businesses. are here to Tennessee. I know. I was going to say, you're in Chattanooga. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yep. so a lot of people have moved to Tennessee. That is like one of the top three states, I believe, where Californians are moving. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of them yep. there. Um, how important is that to your financial security in return? retirement to uh, make a move like that? Because some people say, you know, you shouldn't move away because you've got your social structure, your family, your friends. Um, You shouldn't move away. But other people are thinking, I just can't have a comfortable retirement, the kind of retirement that I want unless I move to a lower tax state.
1: Right. Yes. I mean, I have some clients that uh, moved from Georgia actually over to Arizona. Uh, recently, I think Arizona is one of those states, and Texas, I believe, is uh, obviously very popular, too. But, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of clients that, uh, that have been doing that, and I've been hearing that in the networks that we're involved in. I think it really comes down, I'll, I'll say it again, back down to what they want. Is your social structure that you have really that important to you, or is the ability to be able to live 10 more years because you're not paying the uh, enormous state income tax? um, that California has. Um, you know, I think it's those kinds of questions that you have to come down to because the more awareness we have as individuals, the better choices we will make and the better results we will get. So we have to raise awareness about really what do we want, um, whether it is moving as a part of this great migration or who is going to be running my business can I even sell my business? Am I okay not working anymore? Is that what I want? It's the hardest question to answer, but the more and more that you're able to ask yourself and answer it and gain awareness, the better choices we're going to make.
0: How um, have clients done with those transitions? Have they found that, you know, maybe some of them are, are a little sorry they made that move, or for the most part, do they establish new ties and are very happy making that move?
1: For the most part, I have heard positive uh, things from clients that have made the move, Um, very positive, especially those that have gone into Florida, um, Texas, Arizona. Um, They've been happy with the people that have been there. Um, I have not heard anybody say, man, I wish I did not do that, because I think they got really clear on what they wanted.
0: Right. Right which is part of your program to get your clients, I know, get, get them super clear on that. Um, tell me, yes. how did you, um, give me a little bit more about your path. Um, and, I, you know, I know you established your firm, but what made you interested in in handling other people's money?
1: Um, when I started my company, it was in 2012, and I basically started a, your traditional accounting firm. It uh, looked a lot like the firm that I used to work at. And, uh, one day, um, I actually got sober in 2018 and went to a conference, a uh, growth conference and got around 10,000 entrepreneurs and realized that there's a lot of business owners out there that really don't know what they want. They're really, really good at making money. They're great at running their business, but uh, they don't have the time nor the interest to, uh, figure out, uh, what they really want their money to be doing once they've made it. And so um, I've always said in my career that 90% of accounting is psychology, because we can give you the best wealth strategy, we can give you the best tax strategy, we can make all kinds of recommendations, but unless you're the person that's willing to listen, unless you're the person that knows exactly what they want, you're not gonna make the decision to do that because ultimately it comes down to the taxpayer or, or, or that client on whether or not you execute that strategy. And so over the last five years, we've changed our business significantly. We've involved uh, people experts. Rocky Gars on our team is a people expert. I've got a wealth expert, Matt Dira. Uh We have a life coach on our team, Harry Garcia. Uh, we have other CPAs as well. We have this group of people that has actually helped me to develop over the last five years into the business person and the person that I am today. And uh, those people have been the ones that have influenced it. My business coach, Dan Nosley, with Sandler Training, has been a big part of that. And so that's what's driven me to uh, really continue to kind of pursue uh, clients this way so that we get down to really what they want and how they make decisions and uh, you know, some say they want to make a million dollars. Well, do you really want to make a million, or do you just want to be able to purchase whatever you want whenever you want it? Yes. There's a difference between the two. Because a million dollars is cool, but a million dollars a year—that's really hard to do.
0: Well, and I think a lot of
1: people—a
0: lot of people want to know too. Like, how much do I need? I mean, how how much do I need to? Do I need two million? Do I need three million? Do I need ten million? Right. How much do I need well, to retire?
1: You know, I was talking to one of our other clients um, this past November, October. I was hanging out with him, and he said, you know, used to a million dollars was cool. And then he said, and then all of a sudden $10 million was cool. And then all of a sudden it was 50 and then 100. And he said, I think the new number right now is 200 million. Now, this is a super, super successful uh, guy, right? But that's what he wants. He wants to be in that number that's really, really cool. So he's going to take the risks. He's going to make the decisions. He's going to build the team. He's going to do what is required to get to that place. So I don't think that people need to be asking the question, you know, what do I need? It's what do I want? What do I want? And we can reverse engineer back from that to determine what your number is. But no matter what, we cannot wait. We can't wait. We have to start figuring out what we want now. That's what we got to do. If you want to build courage and create wealth, first thing to do, figure out what you want. And we'll go from there.
0: Have a plan. Wow. All right. So I want to ask you something. I ask all of my guests this, uh, no matter the industry, because we we talk to people in all kinds of industries. Um, I want to know when you feel like your batteries are low and uh, you're kind of just out of creative energy, you need to replenish yourself. What is your habit, your hobby, your ritual? Uh, to accomplish that, to kind of recharge yourself?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. So uh, in my book, The Life Ledger, I talk about the creation foundation. It's in chapter three, chapter four, and uh, it is what I call the daily five. So the daily five for me is Beat the Sun Up, my morning devotional, Uh, training every day, working out, and then my daily ledger, which is my journal. And so that's what I do every single day in order to recharge myself and to make me feel like that I am being productive that day and that I am doing what is necessary for me to be successful. Now, the daily five can be different for uh, different people, but for me, on the weekends Mm – when I'm able to extend that daily five, when I'm able to get that really good workout in, when I'm able to beat the sun up and have more time in the morning for myself, that's when I really get the recharge. So my purpose on the weekends is to rest, relax, reconnect, recharge, and plan.
0: I like it. I
1: I use that time to expand that daily five because that's what energizes me. That's what gets me restarted and revamped for the for the next week and sometimes on my daily targets things that I'm trying to execute one of those things on the weekend might be to take a 30-minute nap because I need to catch up on some sleep Um, but those are the those are the top five ways that I recharge my batteries.
0: What a great answer. You know, I never know what I'm going to get when I when I ask that question. <laughs> so, I, and it's been everything yeah. from I I rent a motel room by myself for the weekend to I pick my favorite breakfast cereal and eat that all week <laughs> I just yeah, I've gotten right. some the interesting um, interesting answers but I really like yours because it's a combination yeah. of things that uh, that fill your cup so um, tell yes. me again okay I know you are the founder CEO of Croft and Frost how do people connect with you I know that you do speaking engagements and you're on all sorts of interviews but where can people if they want to connect with you directly how do they do that
1: the best way to connect with me directly is to go to my personal website www jdfrost.today. And the next way to get connected with me is by reading my book, which is at www.thelifeledgerbook.com. Excellent. J- I share all kinds of stories and experiences in that book. So
0: We appreciate it. J.D. Frost, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: I hope you enjoyed my conversation with J.D. Frost. I will put all of his websites and information in my show notes so that if you're interested in connecting with him, it'll be handy for you right there. A couple of things from my world at Mendonca Media. This year got off to a great start. I've been doing a lot of media training this year so far. Politicians, corporate executive teams, nonprofit board spokespeople. And I'm really happy with the curriculum that I've developed, a crisis scorecard that I've developed that really seems to uh, put some structure around uh, crisis management for teams. And then, of course, the uh, the um, curriculum that I've developed really helps them not only with their on-camera presence, but in how to direct the conversation or, uh, you know, maintain, make sure they don't lose control of a conversation during an interview. So we talk about all of that. And I'm thinking actually about doing an online course because I think other people in other parts of the country might benefit from it. So far, the, um, the trainings have been in person, which I'm just having a blast with. Also, my co-anchor on our iHeartRadio show, Sam Shane, and I are putting together a daily podcast for our morning show. Uh, We now have a name for it. It's called Straight Talk with Christina Mendonca and Sam Shane. You'll find it on the iHeartRadio app, and it will be an extended version of what we do now on the show, which we call the debrief at the end of the four hours, where we kind of go through... The day's news. We're going to play the most interesting clips of the morning and have a little bit more expanded conversation about them. So that's upcoming. Again, you can look for it. Straight Talk with Christina Mendonca and Sam Shane on the iHeartRadio app. And I know I keep talking about this new documentary I've been working on. The website is up. You can see the trailer. It's called Sacred Texts of War. The website is sacredtextsofwar.org. We're in the final stages of putting together funding to produce the whole hour, but I suspect that's going to happen in the next couple of months, and we'll be off and running with this project that focuses on veterans. I'm super proud of the trailer. I can't wait to get started on the rest of the project. So I'll keep you updated on that. Thanks so much for being here for The Power Profile. I'm Christina Mendoza. Stay powerful. This has been The Power Profile with Christina Mendoza. Stay connected through mendonzamedia.com.